We are creating a platform for those who are curious, one that tells the story from the artist's perspective. Moments in time captured from the innovators who are reshaping dance, music, theater, and the visual arts. This is the Working Artist Project. As I sit and wait for dawn to come Watch the wind move the lake Sweet conversations as the mountains come to life These are the days I like to know Start a fire on a cold winter's night Sipping my mother's favorite wine No little worries How did we get Michael in here? Just a second. Michael Watson is our guest today on the Working Artist Project. That's right. And great, uh, Michael great Michael Watson. And there he is. He's, he's on. What's up, hey, what's Mike? Up, y'all? How y'all doing? Oh, man. We're doing good. Mr. Watson, what's up? Greg, what's going on, baby? Long time no see. I know. If you, if you guys were tuned in just now, you heard Michael's voice on that tune. And I believe that that was an original composition by Mike. Is, am I right on that? Uh, yeah, it was a, a compilation between myself and uh, <clears throat> a, uh, a Swiss artist, Mr. Frank Salas. Okay, we have cool. a band together. Uh, it's called Salas and Watson. And... Uh, we put together a record and did like a soft release, uh, you know, a couple of years ago. Um, and that's just a, a tune entitled The Days I'd Like to Know. Wow. Uh, Frank wrote a lot of the music and uh, I, I put, uh, you know, my little flavor on it and then also right. put the lyrics to some of the tunes. So. All right. Yeah, bro. Mike, see, y'all, y'all probably don't notice, but Michael is the most soulful human being on the planet. <laughs> Yo, I don't know about that. I second that. I second that. Let me tell you. <laughs> Michael Watson can can make everyone get up and dance and play trombone and just like man throw a party and then all of a sudden he picks up the mic and starts singing a song you make everyone cry and That's slow right. dance and, and, and stuff. That's right. And I know yeah. that because I sat next to you for like eight years on a gig. Man, bro, it might have been like ten years actually, man. Something like that. All yeah. time. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, yeah. so for you. Everybody, just so they know where we are, we can have a good starting point. You know, Mike's from Ohio. He moved from Ohio, eventually came down to New Orleans. He was in the Marines. So, uh, you know, don't with him because he can, he can uh, you know. Yeah. <laughs> and that's Dude. where I met. I met Mike down in New Orleans. I can't remember exactly what, maybe 2010, 2009, somewhere in there. I, I think it was 2009. Yeah, Old Point Bar. Old Point Bar. We used to hang out at this place. Yeah, remember that? What was was the name of the guitar player? Was that that wasn't Russell you came up with, huh? My, you know what? It might have been, dude. I can't remember. I can't remember, but it might have been. Yeah, been Russell and and uh, so anyway, we became fast friends, hanging out there, playing, playing in this smoky, smoky environment. This is before. This is back in so far away. You could use could smoke inside. It was so um, bad. <laughs> we've been playing music so long. We remember where you could smoke in the bars. That's right. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So we we've had the opportunity, all three of us, to tour the world together, and uh, now we're family men. Huh, Mike? Yes, indeed. Yeah, you're right. Congratulations again, man. Oh, thank you, man. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah, we have come a long way. I want I kind of want to start this thing out and just talking about New Orleans, man. And talking about New Orleans back then. I, I can, you moved to New Orleans in what year again? I can't remember. I got to New Orleans in June of 2006. Dude, wow. So from 2006 Whoa. to 2020, you a New yeah. Orleanian, man. What? <laughs> What I mean, I, won't, I, I, I thank you for saying that, but, uh, you know, I'll let somebody from New Orleans tell me I'm a New Orleanian. You know? <laughs> okay, all right. We got to get Joe. I can't, I can't claim that, bro. <laughs> okay, all right, all right. We'll, we'll, get, we'll get somebody. That's how, you know, that's how you know you're legit, though. You're like, you're like, look, you know, I'm from here, but I'm really not from here. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> to yeah. let everyone know. Yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. So what are some things that you've seen in the city that have changed for the positive and some things that you've seen that's changed for the negative? Because you came a year after Katrina. Yeah, ju- just under a year, man. And I, you know, I, uh, 
I didn't really get to experience much of the city until probably probably around 2008. Um, you know, prior to that, it was I was dealing with mostly military stuff. But uh, what little bit I got to see, you know, like I'm, you know, the Maison used to be the Boom Boom Room. You know, like mm-hmm. I, I, you know, I, yeah, Greg, you know, like. I, that's how I knew Frenchman, you know, uh, before it turned into fast forward, you know, the, the bourbon street that it's becoming now, but, uh, um, you know, most of the, from what I can remember, and now that you, you, when you say 2006 to 2020, I'm like, damn, like, I didn't realize it had been that long, you know, I, uh, looking, looking back at it, I'm like, I remember the days when I, you know, all the cats that are from New Orleans that are part of the reason why I do what I do. I remember the days when I used to see them out there. And I remember, you know, the gradual transition from seeing cats like Shannon Powell and and Leroy Jones and, uh, you know, even, even cats, you know, like, you know, uh, kid chocolate, you know, like seeing those cats out there. Mm-hmm. I remember the different transitions, um, to, from then to what it has unfortunately become in my mind now. You so. know, a, a good thing to tell people because a peep, some people may have never been to New Orleans, but they seen Treme. We talk, this place that we're talking about is Frenchman Street. Yeah. And, and the Mason is a club on Frenchman Street that was called the Boom Boom Room. Even when I moved to New Orleans, it, it, was, it, was, it, was, owned by, okay. it was owned by, what's his face? Um, oh, Kermit Ruffins owned it, I think. Oh, I wow. Really? I think so. Okay. Don't give me, I, I think so. I'm, I'm 90% okay. sure, but I could be wrong. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But it was like two or three clubs on the street at the time. And now the, the street is basically Bourbon Street. It's a club in every door. It's a restaurant in every door. It's, it's, it's popping. It's nothing but tourists and where it used to be a local attraction. You know? And there's a cover yeah. band, too, in every club. <laughs> oh, no. Yeah. I mean, yeah, you know, and, and at that, that, that's, that was part of the, the issue, you know, with, with the transition in, in my eyes. You know, I, I know some of the, 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 the old heads and, you know, even Greg, you can probably attest to this, you know, like it, you know, even before like the cover bands, like some of the bands that were coming along, that were transforming Frenchman into what it eventually has become were not some of the, the best bands, you know, cause for us as jazz musicians, a cover band, that's, it means a different thing than what people know cover bands, you know, like when we play jazz music, we're covering music, you know, we're you know, as a, as a jazz ensemble, we're technically a cover band. We're playing standards, you know, that's what we do, but it, there's a different essence that is carried um when you when you talk about carrying on the tradition of of jazz standards versus uh different genres of music and what it means to carry on playing uh jazz standards versus um covering other genres of music i I won't throw out any you know names of genres or songs that offend anybody but you know and it's all great music too it's it's nothing it's it not is great. that's the thing it's all great music you know but it just there's a different there's a different meaning you know like what what we do as as jazz musicians um it harbors so much more history and will always than any other genre that exists now so especially in a place like new orleans too where um you know again like this is the birthplace of so much american music and mm-hmm. and a lot of people come visit new orleans for for the unique experience of being able to hear new orleans music in the native land and and, and hear people from new orleans play it and you know and i mean that's not saying people who are not from here can't play that music but again it's it's such a unique experience for us and also the people listening to the music too be in the birthplace of jazz and experience and keep the traditions like you were saying going. Yeah, absolutely. absolutely. Yeah, man. You know, New Orleans is, is, is a special place. And I feel like, you know, we we're all transplants, right? And I feel like I kind of grew up in New Orleans. I became a man in New Orleans, you know, and yeah. you guys were a part of that process. And, and now that you are at this second part of life, right? You got three little girls, 
Mm-hmm. How does that intersect fatherhood? How does it intersect with the music? Hmm. That's a very interesting question. Um, you know, I can say I, so I didn't like put my official band together, the Alchemy, and start doing my music um, until after I had my, my first daughter, Adeline. And it wasn't because of her that I had it. You know, there were, um, I guess, like a, a handful of reasons why it just kind of all came to be around that time. Um, but having a, a, a child definitely inspired, um, finishing my music and it wasn't even, you know, like I, I remember, I remember the moment that Adam was born and it was like an instant click where I became 100% selfless. My life wasn't about me anymore. It was about my child. And it was a, such a beautiful experience. And so as, as I put the band together and I'm thinking about everything that I'm going to do, everything that I do with my music. And since then, you know, since 2016, since then, everything that I do, everything that I have done has been about my then child and now family and my wife. Um, every decision I make, be it music or not music, it, it, it's all about my family. But you know, not to, to get too far off musically, the I was inspired by my daughter to want to finish this music because I knew that when she grew up, I wanted her to know that her father had made something of of himself. Mm. Be it for the whole world or even just the family, it didn't matter. I, as an artist, I wanted my daughter to know that I represented something. And so as I had a second and now third child, that just, it's further inspiration to keep pushing uh, towards, you know, creating a legacy. If anything, you know, I, I say bare minimum, but it's funny because it's not bare minimum. It's my family, which is the most, you know what I mean? <laughs> so it's like creating a legacy for my children that, you know, that's what has transpired from the Michael Watson before family to the Michael Watson once family began. Can, can I ask you, what, what do you mean exactly by legacy? Cause, cause again, like having known you for all these years, you know, you are, are incredibly successful. And, and I think in the eyes of a lot of people who were watching you in, in, in your time in new Orleans, you know, you were, you, you're a big, you're a big deal down here and, and you've done so much international traveling and been like a, a showcase sideman in so many gigs. So like, what, what does legacy mean? Like in relation to that? Uh, you know, for me, legacy means not being afraid to do something that represents who you are entirely. Mm-hmm. Because I think at the end of the day, you know, when, when the lights turn out, you know, for good, if you've not done something in your life that represents who you are entirely, then what was the purpose? You know, I mean, we, we, we go through life doing all these things to please, you know, X, Y, and Z, but we don't, we don't live to fulfill ourselves. And some people are like, oh, well, that's selfish. Well, no, I can't, I can't give myself to other people until I have fulfilled myself 100% um, and, and give and have given my purpose to the world. I can't give my purpose, the reason why I'm here, the reason I have the talents or gifts or what have you that, that I harbor inside of me. I can't give that out to anyone else, um, you know, even if it's just to make them smile for, you know, four hours at the Spotted Cat. I can't give that fully until I have fulfilled that within myself. And so by pushing on and creating, putting out this music and the, the you know, um, by, by doing that, 
I'm now beginning to create my own legacy. It's not about sharing it worldwide. It's about just, just doing it, you know, accomplishing something. If I, having done this, I have accomplished something. And that shows my children that if you push and believe in yourself, you can accomplish anything. And accomplishments don't have to be winning Grammys or Golden Globes or, uh, you know, national championships. Accomplish, uh, accomplishments come big and small. Mm-hmm. And so putting this music out there, like, that to me is a major accomplishment. And to them, they might see it, oh, like, my, my dad has, he has music that I can hear. Yeah. That will live with them forever. That's legacy. Yeah, I think you're absolutely right, man. Like, just leaving that physical product behind is a piece of legacy, just the same way for some people, leaving them a billion dollars is a piece of legacy. It's making sure yeah. that your family's life is, is easy or, or it's, or it's uh, enhanced in some way. Mm-hmm. You, know, I, you can see your kids, you know, just like we do with our own fathers and our own mothers. Like, there's something that they left behind that can be a, 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 a comb. You keep like, man, this was my mama comb, man. Yeah, yeah. She used to comb my hair every Sunday with this comb like this here. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Brings up some kind of memory, and, and yeah, I think that's, awesome. that's monumental, you know. Absolutely, well, man. Let me tell you, if, if you're talking about legacy like that, man, I guess I always think of like legacy is like re- remembering how people made you feel. Mm-hmm. And let me just, you know, as a performer, Michael, I know that you have left a great legacy on many people. So I hope that you know Thank you. you feel that way. Yeah. I've witnessed it. (laughs) (laughs) And I've had had to play solos after it too. (laughs) (laughs) Trust me, Greg, that feeling is uh, definitely reciprocated. And I, that's why I have to, you know, I remember those days. I'm like, no, I'm good. I'll look back at somebody else. I'm like, somebody else. So right now y'all y'all talking about playing in Irvin Mayfield's band, right? The New Orleans Jazz Orchestra. No, actually, we're I'm, I'm, we were talking about. I, well, to me, I'm I'm thinking about the days. Oh, that's Christina's band, Christina. Oh, yeah, band. with Christina. Uh, yeah. That's right. I forgot about that band. Yeah, me and Greg spent many a year side by side on that bandstand, bro. <laughs> yeah. uh, good and bad. Good. <laughs> You know, so, yeah. like we we could write a book just based on what what happened in that club. <laughs> yeah, <boy. laughs> yeah. I forgot about that band. That, that was that was a, a, a that band lasted a long time too. Y'all were at the Spotted Cat on Sundays, right? Mm-hmm. Before Pat Casey, if I'm remembering correctly. Yeah, yeah. Time, right before time. Pat Casey and the New Sound, and I think, I mean, I think I. I don't. I guess it was 2010. I, for whatever reason, I feel like it was 2009. But I mean, I was still in the military then, so it must have been 2010 because I got out in January of 2010. Okay. Speaking of the military, let, let's go there. All right. Why in the hell does a black man <laughs> join the military and then the Marines? Like, you, you should have joined the Air Force or some shit. Man. <laughs> Well, you know, so it's funny you say that. So uh, being from Canton, Ohio, we had a festival every summer called the Ridge Burnoff. Okay. And um, during that festival, uh, the the Air Force band, the Airmen of Note, they would always come and perform every year uh, for the fireworks uh, portion of the night. And I remember seeing them and just, you know, and still today, the Airmen of Note, they're a phenomenal band. Mm -hmm. You know, if, if I can say calculated however phenomenal band you know they're very tight very precise they sound great um but as a child i remember seeing that and thinking okay that's cool like (laughs) like yeah you know like i i see my pops playing music you know doing gigs and stuff and teaching music and then i see these guys during the fourth of july festival and i'm like oh wow that's so cool like i want to do that you know what i mean so you know but the, you know, fast forward through the years, I was, I actually wanted to go to school for medicine. I wanted to be a pediatrician. Um, and then my junior year in high school, um, I was doing a thing at the Cuyahoga Community College in Cleveland, playing in their, their all-star jazz band. 
uh, and I had an in with my older brother, Tony Watson, who's a sax player. Um, he got me involved with that program up there. Uh, and that's how, actually how I met Sean Jones. Oh, wow. Um, and so there were some really great cats playing there. Some cats that were eventually went on to Juilliard and came back to like, you know, do the thing, you know, Cleveland was still like a half in the spot then, you know, that was like, what was that? Like 2000, 2001. So stuff was kind of still happening there. Mm-hmm. So anyways, um, I went to graduated 2003, um, went to school for a year and a half. Um, and then I left school, uh, actually because my mom got sick and I, I tried to go to school for the year afterwards, but, um, it just commuting for an hour every day just kind of didn't work out. So I left school, mm-hmm. uh, moved back home. And that was actually the one and only time I've ever had like a job. You know, I worked at, I actually, a lot of people don't know this about me. Uh-oh. I worked you work? at, <laughs> the, I worked at the Olive Garden and Bob Evans. Oh, what? Damn, yeah, I was wow. a server and a busser. And then at Olive, at, at Bob Evans, I worked in the kitchen uh, on dishes. And actually, I loved it, man. I loved being like <laughs> doing that. Especially like during the, the, the lunch rush, it was yeah. like, oh, how fast can we get this stuff clean, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, my mom got sick uh, and I moved back home and... Um, you know, uh, for the, for the next year, I, I was doing some gigs with my, my older brother and my dad. And then, uh, when my mom went into remission, uh, I needed a change. You know, it, it was very hard. Like my parents, my parents separated right before, uh, mom, we found out my mom had cancer mm-hmm. and then, um, you know, we found out my mom had cancer and then, you know, fast forward a year, uh, I needed a change. I needed something. Um, and my cousin was a, uh, a grunt in the Marines and one of my best friends, uh, now of almost 30 years, uh, she went into the Marines and I was like, all right, well, I guess if I'm going to do something, I'm going to, I'm going to go for it. So I'm going to join the military. And then if I'm going to join the military, might as well go for it. Just do the hardest thing, you know, like push myself to the limit. And I, you know, still to this day, when people ask me, well, why, why the Marines as opposed to anything else? And I don't, I don't know what it was about it. You know, I don't know if it was like, like a, a subconscious, you know, my mother has cancer, my parents got divorced. I, I need to beat that kind of thing. You know, like I, I have to beat that. I need to go to the extreme to be able to beat that. You know, some people go cliff diving. Mm-hmm. Some people, you know, go, you know, jumping out of planes. For me, it was, let me go through three months of rigorous, brutal training to become like one of the elite fighting machines of the United States. You know, like that was just, for whatever reason, that's what it was for me. And so, yeah, I, I went that route. Wow. Did you, did you, did you enlist as, as, as like a infantry or anything like that? Or were you, were you specifically? Oh, I actually, I enlisted. Yeah. I enlisted as a bandsman. Um, and there was like a, an audition and I, like, I, it, that's actually how I ended up in New Orleans. I got to choose, uh, cause I scored high enough on my, my audition for the Marine band that I got to choose my duty station. And so New Orleans was number one and uh, Okinawa, Japan was number two. And then Miramar, California was number three. Um, and I, and it, it was all based on, like, you know, the way that they position things is like, this, you know, like the NFL, like, oh, we need you here. So we need a quarterback or we need a wide receiver. Well, they needed a trombone player at the time that I had graduated from uh, boot camp and Marine combat training. And so, you know, um, fast forward six months, I went, uh, ended up in New Orleans. Wow. I'm glad you moved to New Orleans, man. Not Okinawa, Japan. (laughs) (laughs) Everything would be different. Everything, your whole life. Very different. (laughs) 
Man, I wanna I wanna switch gears just for a second and, and get into your band, The Alchemy. And so if you can just tell us how it started and, and what the alchemy means to you. And then after that we'll we'll get into one of your tunes. All right. Um yeah, the the band I have been the, the the music that we play is uh songs at the time when we got started in 2016. Um it was uh, songs that I had written over the span of like, I don't know, I guess 10 years of my life. Mm-hmm. Um, and I had never performed my music, you know, really, you know, like I, um, I remember like a, the Battle of the Bands we did with, with with you, Darian, at uh, Cafe Istanbul. Oh, yeah. When I was with Barry band, you know. Uh, yeah. And night y'all lost. Yeah, whatever, man. That's, you know, you, you were sadly, uh, you know, forgetting. I, you, know, you know, contributed to your, even now your, your fatherhood. You're in like a fog because it's all brand new. You don't <laughs> I get it. I've been there. I get it, you know. <laughs> Uh, but we, we, you know, we did a song, um, uh, that was, uh, a tribute to my mom. And, um, but prior to that, I had never played any of my music in public. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, for a few years, I, I had spent talking to different cats about, you know, um interest in like playing my music and being in my band and just kind of getting a feel for it and it took a long time but I finally found the right cast for the band and so once I put the band together we started rehearsing and uh you know we we had our our debut night at the playhouse um and you know since then we we've just been playing those tunes and and working on them and perfecting them and they've all been transforming into different things and you know there's a guideline for the music but there's there's not like a a hardcore we have to do this then we have to do that then we have to do that um because that's not that's not who i am as a person as an artist um and i I, part of the reason why it took me so long to select the right guys for the band was because each role of the five members myself included is very specific, very crucial. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, uh, uh, Ricardo Pascal is one of those cats where, like, he knows, and also Ricardo and I have been playing together for years at that point. You know, we've been out all of, across the world. And I was like, I, you know, I, it just like, for whatever reason, he and I just really gelled with that style of music. Um, and so, but he's also that cat where like, all right, Ricardo, go and (laughs) unleash him and he's just boom. But, you know, and, but that was a very, that's a very specific role with some of the music. Um, you know, I, you know, I needed a drummer who, who knew how to stay in his lane and do what a drummer is supposed to do which you know a lot of cats are like all about chops you know what i mean it's like that's cool but that's not that's not what i'm about that's not what i'm trying to do with the music you know what i mean so um i need the drummer to lay down the foundation and when the band started willie green was that cat i was like okay i love the way willie plays and i still love the way willie plays it was just like Boom. Perfect cat. Uh, I met Will Thompson and, you know, he, he's the guy, you know, playing the bass who can, no matter who we're playing with, he is able to guide you through anything and everything. Like it could be somebody playing the gig for the very first time, uh, which I won't name names as a, of the piano player, but I did a gig at the playhouse one time and I hired a piano player and he didn't check out the tunes and like my, my stuff's not like, you know, complicated. It's no like, uh, you know, it's, it's not James Black tunes, you know what I mean? But it's stuff you got to check out to be able to like, get through it. You know, some of the tunes have a lot of different time changes and everything. And the piano player didn't check it out. Um, and fortunately, they were man enough to admit it, you know, as the gig started. 
But thanks to Will being on that gig, it was a smooth gig. Everything went over as it should because he he can guide. I call he's my MD on the stage, you know. Okay. And then Shay, I mean, we know it's Shay Pierre. Like <laughs> enough said about Shay, but yeah. he he he's been the one cat that has really truly pushed me beyond my limits as a vocalist. Like in the beginning, I was like, oh man, he's doing all this and I can't hang. But then I let he helped me graduate from it. He helped me become like a oh, you're going to do that? Okay, cool. I'm right there. I'm right there. And then it became like, sometimes I'm like, hey, Shay, listen to me. Like, I'm going here, bro. Like, let's go there. And then, so there's a, a, a level of understanding between Shay and I. So I spent a lot of time picking out the right members of the band for the, <clears throat> the simple fact that, you know, um, alchemy is, you know, a lot of people know the scientific term, but um, the, it's when everything comes together in a harmonious moment, but through methods of which cannot be explained. Mm. And that's the reason why, like the music there, it's a guideline, but we, I allow it to grow to what it does grow to on any given night of the week that we perform, because mm. that's that that's the whole point you know to transform and transcend into something that is whatever it's going to be you know and so that's why the the band sorry i know that was a long story but that's why the band <laughs> is called cool. alchemy that's what's up bro I, th I think it's important to know like how you know again in a band you're putting together i mean a football team or something and you, everyone <laughs> plays a role and I, I love yeah hearing why people chose certain musicians to be in their band yeah Man, why don't we go ahead and get into the tune? Which What's the name of this one that we're going to play, Mike? This is called The Beginning. And, you know, so, uh, again, it's it's one of those things, like, what you're going to hear now is, like, studio version of it, which was important because, you know, when we got into, into the studio, I have uh, blessed to have the one and only Mr. Jameson Ross uh, producing the record. Right. And, you know, what we do on stage, sometimes a song will be, like, 20 minutes long you know <laughs> but for good reason it's not because we're up there bullshitting you know it's like right yeah. it's going here you know what i mean and yeah. i'm not gonna get in the way of that so right. uh but yeah this is called uh the beginning this was actually i wrote this tune when i was 15 years old believe it or not wow um but yeah the beginning there you go
Yeah, Michael, that was, it's a gorgeous tune. Yeah, bro, that was great, man. That was beautiful, man. That really got me, really on, got the me on the road. It was a chill, a chill vibe, vibe, man. man. <laughs> yeah. I got to say, though, it's missing clarinet. I'm just, just throwing that out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man, what was that song about at the beginning? Um, I, uh, I don't know. I, I, I remember being, uh, <laughs> actually at my, my dad's, uh, school. I went, uh, he, he taught music at a, a um, middle school called Crenshaw high school or Crenshaw middle school. And at the time I was, uh, we, we used to work this summer music program that um, was a grant through the city and the bands actually used to march during the kickoff hall of fame uh, parade. And that was also the same time that the um, airmen of note came for that, that particular festival. Um, and I was teaching lessons and that was around the first time that I really started getting comfortable playing piano and like messing around with like time signatures. Honestly, the first <laughs> the first song I ever learned on piano uh, was Casey and JoJo's "All My Life" because you know <laughs> that's what all the fellow, you know that's what the fellows was learning like trying to get the girls you know what I mean so like that's what I was doing you know so but um, you know I took piano lessons when I was like like a, a kid but I hated it you know um, and I didn't pick it back up until middle school. But then when I got into high school, um, when I was around like 14, 15, 16 years old, um, I started playing by ear. And it was just really like, that was, you know, no pun intended, that was the beginning of me like getting into different colors and emotions while I was playing music and just kind of feeling and hearing things and letting things, you know, just kind of transform, transpire into what they were gonna be musically um and so i i remember like recording some of that on the on like on the piano and then as the piano track was playing while i was waiting for my next student to come because i had like an hour um and i remember just like playing around with different melodies uh and that was when <clears throat> that was kind of around the time when i also realized that like um i'm a big person for harmonies in in melodies i'm a very you know like I think stylistically, I'm going to be a melodic player. Like that's kind of what I hear when I play. And it actually ended up being like a lot of times when I solo, it's kind of like the route that I take um, uh, as opposed to like, you know, any, any other route. But so that was kind of why that tune ended up uh, being called the beginning. Okay. Man, I'm just sitting here and I, I want to circle back to some, some stuff that you touched on earlier with your mom. And I knew your mom, and mm -hmm. she she was she was dope. She was she always treated me like I was her son, you know. Yeah, bro. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And, and and a few years back, we you you lost her to cancer, mm -hmm. and a few words that come to mind seeing you go through that process, and and at the time and not understanding it, but understanding it now, um, is uh, spirituality, uh, perseverance, and loss. And how, how would you kind of process those three words now? Uh, spirituality, I, um, perfect example. Uh, <clears throat> my, my younger brother, Brian, who was actually the drummer on that track that you heard, he, he's who's playing in my band now. Okay. Um, he called me the other day, first thing in the morning. He was like, "Mike, I had a, a you know, a, a dream about mom." And I, I was like, "All right, well, what was your dream?" And I was like, "Well, it was like reliving every moment up to her passing." Hmm. Wow. And uh, I've had, <clears throat> I've had moments, you know, like that where I, I relive that last phone call where she couldn't even hear, 
she could hear me, but she couldn't talk back, you know, um, like the final moments before she, before she passed. And uh, I've had dreams reliving that moment. I remember living on or laying on the tile floor uh, of my house on, uh, not house, but the apartment I lived in, uh, Kelly and I's first apartment actually, on Franklin and uh, Rampart. Uh, well, St. Claude on that end, but whatever. Um, curled up in a ball, crying my eyes out when Tony called me and told me that the mom was gone. But And the, the phone call that happened just a couple hours before that was me apologizing to my mom for not having been there. Because at the time, my, 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 my daughter, she was six days old you know my mom passed away a, a week after my daughter was born and so <clears throat> you know it wasn't like I could just jump on a plane and you know get there but it's like should I have you know so I, I was apologizing to my mom and but even in her breathing I could hear her telling me don't you apologize like that's that's the type of woman my mom was her last breaths she couldn't talk but in her last breaths she i could hear her i could feel her telling me don't you apologize for not being here because you did you did what i raised you to do and it's be a good man and be a good family man hmm. and so hmm, spirituality wise when I struggle still to this day, cause that, that's the kind of thing that when you lose a parent, it, it doesn't go away. It just doesn't. Um, and so in my moments of struggle, I, I think back to that and I, I feel her presence with me um, and in those moments of struggle, reminding me that, that I made the right decision and that I've, I have made the right decisions and, um, you know, perseverance, man, I went through some dark times right after, right after she passed. I, uh, it was bad. I lost myself to alcohol. It was, it was really bad. Um, but when I had a reality check, it was it was my mom. She was there, and she told me I needed to straighten my act out, and so I did. And I remembered, you know, that spirituality part. You know, it's all connected. Um, and so she reminded me that you need to be the man that I raised you to be. You need to persevere. And I felt her perseverance, you know, like she had, a, she, with her and my dad splitting, it, it was hard on her, especially, you know, a month afterwards, you know, finding out that she was sick with cancer. It, but she persevered, man, you know, she, she fought cancer for 12 years, yeah. 12 years, man. I got, you know, her, her, <laughs> I had pictures of, uh, of dancing with her, you know, at her 50th birthday, man, like she danced like, like nothing was wrong, you know? Yeah. That, that's, that's perseverance. <laughs> and, you know, I, obviously, yeah, I have three children, but I talk about my first daughter a lot because my mom never got to see her in person. She saw her twice uh, on FaceTime. And I remember the very last call that, or the last text my mom got, I was getting on the gig and I actually ignored the text. Um, I was I was headed on stage at the Playhouse and when I saw on break, it was like 11.30 at night, because Irvin liked to play really long sets for whatever reason. <laughs> Darren, you were on some of those gigs. <laughs> oh yeah, yes I was. <laughs> um, and and she, she was like, I, um, I'm missing my daily text of my niece. Please send it to me. That was the last text I ever got from my mom. 
And so that kind of loss, yeah, it makes going through this this <laughs> this this pandemic we're going through right now like it's nothing, bro. I tell you what, because yeah. I wish that kind of loss on nobody. But as 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 weak as my voice may sound with <clears throat> right now with that loss, it has definitely strengthened me to be the family man that I am today. Yeah, hey, Mike, Michael, thank you so much for sharing that, man. I know that's absolutely that's that's such a intimate. Of course, man. You know, it's yeah. it's a part of who I am. You know, I I would be remiss if i didn't share that you know mm-hmm. it's, it's in the music too so yeah virtual hugs bro shoot yeah yo this is this is one of those moments where it's just like man i, I love you guys both so much and it's just yeah. like you know it's again like you know a lot i guess as, as we all get older you know we're all musicians i think one of the things that really bonded us was our love for music and really mm-hmm. wanting to get out there and play and and it's yeah. a blessing to get older and wiser with with you all yeah. to to learn those other lessons too that are that are above and beyond the music not above and beyond the music but part of the music is just the shit they don't teach you in school absolutely and, yeah, yeah. And to, to have that connection with with you all and to share that connection on the bandstand is is really a beautiful thing yeah so thank yeah, you guys for, for doing that sharing yeah, that bro. with me yeah, thank you. We, we came a long way from running around a scone I'm pretty sure there's a wanted poster of one of us still out there. <laughs> you know? <laughs> At the grocery store, just like, yo, no, we done came around. Me. Me. So you would. That was. That's right. That's right. Look, man, we coming up on we're in the last few minutes of this interview. Time flew, huh? Yeah, and, it did. Uh, I don't want to miss the opportunity for you to plug. A few things and if there's some things you want to you want to plug now is the time to do that and, and tell people where to get your record and they can check your music out and all that oh yeah i mean you know with with the pandemic the, the records on hold and everything but the the and the website but it's all coming up soon it's going to be uh you know michaelwatsonmusic.com it's it's not there yet but it's going to be out soon um the i'm finishing up the record right now you know as everyone can imagine it's just you know Time and money, bro. You know, we got all the time in the world, but no money in the world. You know what I mean? So <laughs> we're trying to figure all that out. And um, but yeah, and then you know, one with 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 what's happening right now in the world, I think one important thing, uh, you know, Anthony Mackey, who's from New Orleans, uh, he has uh, a thing that he just recently created over the past couple of months. It's uh, I am a man dot vote, and if you go to that website. It, it gives you anything and everything you need to need, need to know of how to register to vote. Um, you know, because uh, amongst the black community, it just, people don't know. People don't know where to go. They don't know how to vote. They don't know what to do. Um, and so he took it upon, him and a few other celebrities took it upon themselves to create this website. And there, it's not like, I, I went on the other day, uh, and emailed them and Anthony Mackie responded back and it was like it was like actually him and I was like he actually (laughs) I have uh, on uh, on Friday uh, a potential I'm hoping so but a potential uh, uh, video call with him because I was like I went on and I'm like emailing and you know they're responding back and they're like literally there they're it's not just you know they don't have people sitting behind desks doing this like they're like actually involved with this they're because they understand the importance of getting the black community out to vote um so you know check that out uh you know uh um Stephen Colbert did a a a bit the other day doing a very similar thing so you can go on his website he's got a thing set up for each individual state and he's got like all these little videos that he's doing for all these you know of how each individual state is set up to vote and all this stuff man so you know i just you know i don't really have like anything of my own to plug but i think the most important thing i could really advocate for is is voting right now in this time and like that's that's mm-hmm. so crucial. yeah yeah today you is know? uh today is september 28th 2020 and so if you guys go register to vote 
you can go to that website Michael just mentioned. But if you want to link with Michael, um, you can link with him on Instagram. And I, I think your handle is Michael Watson Music. Yeah. And uh, you can send him a DM, say what's up, figure out where to buy his record when it does come out. Yeah, come talk to me. There you go. My name is Darian Douglas. My name is Gregory IG. Thank you all very much for joining us. Hey, Michael, yo, when you talk to Anthony Backy, tell him they still want him down in Cuba because I, I, I spent a week out there with him in Cuba. And, and... Oh, beautiful. <laughs> yeah. Hey, y'all. Thanks for listening to the Working Artist Project. We'll catch y'all later. Thank you, Michael. All right, now. The Oregon College Savings Plan can help you support your kid's future career as a teacher. Uh, airplane driver? Um, no, their career as a hairstyle designer. As a dinosaur doctor? Oh, their future job as a windmill builder. No, an ice cream taster. You know what? We just don't know what they want to be yet. But while they figure it out and dream big, we're here to help you save for what comes next, whatever that may be. Learn more at OregonCollegeSavings.com. That last song was dedicated to everyone who missed it because they were in the bathroom changing their tampon. And the next 12 hours of songs are for anyone who's trying the Diva Cup for the first time and is currently kicking back with uninterrupted period protection. Sound good to you? Check out the world's number one menstrual cup for yourself at shopdiva.com and get 10% off with code RADIO10. Conditions apply.